to share with your friends at WDRC. Oh, 
You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest right now is Tim Hensley, uh, whose new book, Wally Gropius. It's a mouthful. Oh, oh that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just listened to uh, an intro you kind of cobbled together. Oh, no, it wasn't me. It was, it was a friend of mine from work, uh, Jim Elwanger. He, he, he's this guy, like, he has, he has like, 15,000 jingles in his iTunes. And and so I said, well, I said like, well, you should make make a medley because I, I was going to be on the radio, so I thought you should make a medley of those. And then he made it and he sent it to me. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's amazing! <laughs> but, but like, but then I said like, how did you know which one to use? And he says like, well, not only does he have fifteen thousand, but he has them rated from one to five stars. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I mean it's a serious thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely. Uh, he, he he has yeah I don't know it's a whole thing yeah so uh, that, that's amazing yeah he was the perfect person I thought for that so I'm glad I'm glad he was I mean I I also thought like well if, you know if I don't say anything any good then at least I'll, I'll be that so yeah <laughs> so. it's uh, that shows the level of devotion it, it's a reminder to myself I need to get. I need to get some kind of theme song, I think. Well, the, he was saying, like, that the, they're, like, these jingle houses in Dallas, I think it is. Like, apparently, like, the, the center of the jingle business is in Dallas rather than, like, Los Angeles or New York or whatever the record business is, is located. And he says it costs, like, $250 or something <laughs> to get, like, a jingle. So I thought, like, well, you know, that's not that's not that bad. I mean, get know? the Wally Gropius jingle? Well, I mean, I don't know... I think it's too late. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did I did that like uh, sort of like the animated ad that I tried to put on the internet with the coins. Yeah, yeah, I tried to do that, and that that I don't know. It, it seemed like a good idea, but I couldn't really. It didn't really post anywhere or something. Like nobody couldn't get anybody to really have it on their site. So I liked it. I'm really bad at posting things, though. Yeah, it was uh, um, I was actually it wasn't really more. It was it was less animation, and it was like rotoscoping. Because I, if you heard of this thing called jerking, it's like some kind of dance craze or something. Oh, like doing the jerk. Well, not like the '60s thing. It's more like the like a modern hip hop thing, I guess. They're like there are all these people like in LA who do, who do that, and then they post their videos on YouTube of them dancing, and it's kind of like. Anyway, there's this dance called the reject. <laughs> it's part of. <laughs> it's part of jerking, and then that was what I. There was like a guy on, on on YouTube doing that, and I took like two seconds of it, and I sort of rotoscoped it, and then tr- turned it into Wally, I guess. So. <laughs> Rotoscoping is like one of the earliest animation techniques. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I, I was just trying to make it easy because like, <laughs> I don't. That's what I would never get in animation because you have to. Well, you know, lots of people here, you know, a lot of cartoonists I know work in animation, but I, I can't imagine like drawing the same character over. And then coming home and then working on comics with the, like another character and drawing it all day, like I think it just drives me insane. So, well, just it, it was just the just saying Roscoe just reminded me of like um, the early Fleischers with uh, Coco the Clown. Right. I don't know if you've seen those. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I figure Fleischers were probably something you'd be into. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, but with that, I was more just like trying to. I thought Simple. like, well, it could make some sort of. Uh, promotional thing so if I had like a jingle or something then it would be like okay well I would have to put it on well I guess I could have said like you know can I buy a spot on ink studs or something (laughs) (laughs) you could have had like coins dropping or something or like a slot machine 
Right, yeah, I was just, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the problem when you finish the book, and then you have to try to figure out how to sell it. And luckily, this is the first time I've, most of the things I've done, I tried to do myself, and this one, kind of graphics put it out. So uh, that was more of their area of expertise, <laughs> I guess. So, uh, well, that's the thing. I'm not completely familiar with your comic output, um, other than Wally. I was just reading up earlier, and I should have read up earlier. I didn't even realize he did stuff in Duplex Planet. Well, yeah, it was quite quite a while ago. I mean, uh, yeah, I haven't really drawn a lot of comics, and it's kind of weird because, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm I'm going to turn 44 on Tuesday, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not very spry. I mean, I'm still you know getting older, but. Uh, uh, yeah, most of the stuff I did was like either in friends zines for a while, and then then I was in some anthology, did some anthology stuff, and this is like the first like sustained thing that's longer than a couple pages, I guess. So. But you've been involved in the comic scene for quite a while. Like, um, you're Victor Banana. Um, right. Well, I mean, I, I I knew I knew I've known Dan Klaus for for many years. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that was like I guess like when I was in college I sort of had a band which is Victor Banana and then um, I, I wrote a postcard or uh, you know a letter to, to Dan and asked him to do the cover <laughs> for that record and then we, we ended up becoming friends you know over the, over the years uh, so and he did the artwork for a lot of the things that I recorded so you also did the was it you that did the soundtrack for Velvet Club wasn't that Victor Banana yeah that was me yeah <laughs> So, Which is one of the oddest um, tie-ins, marketing tie-ins, or not a marketing tie-in or something. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a really strange thing. I mean, it, it was more like we thought it, thought of it as being like something where you'd have, you know, like when, when there'd be like an ad in a comic and then you write, you write to, you know, the ad to try to get something. Like I didn't think of it ever as being like a real record. I just thought of it as like, you know, there'd be an ad in a comic book and then you'd, send away and then you get this record or something and at that time like you know Dan it was more it was sort of different time period I mean like because I, I just think like you know it, it, <laughs> I was just trying to imagine like if I was like oh you're, you're working on David Boring right now let you know let me interrupt your process of working on this to make this record <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like a really bad idea so well it's definitely a different world now I saw him in Toronto do a talk and I think the audience was probably over 300 people Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when I when I saw him when he was here, uh, yeah, it was the same thing. And 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 most of the people there, I think, like, are really more aware of his books than than like like issues of Eight Ball and stuff. I yeah. think you know. Then the uh, Needle Dick, the Bug Fucker. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's probably in one of the books, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they probably wouldn't. I don't know. Would they? Can they say that on NPR or not? I don't know. <laughs> so. We're in Canada. I'm in Canada. Don't worry. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, no, but actually, yeah, the, yeah, those people. Okay, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> NPR would be far better if they could say that, though. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. So, so yeah. I mean, back then he was like he was doing the Velvet Glove story, and it was just like bit by bit. Buffalo music time. Downtown Buffalo's a new town.
Francisco.
tell me a bit about your background uh, before um, this time of like your interest in comics and what, how you got into comics and what you wanted. To, did you want to do stuff with comics at that point? Well, I mean, uh, um, my uh, my dad and I used to go to the comic book store together. My dad was like really into comics and. Like uh, I remember you going to the the San Diego Comic Convention with him in like you know the seventies, and I'd be a kid and like I remember like being really bored like because he was at the Artist Alley, um, uh, just you know getting uh, these pics you know getting some art and I guess it turned out like he he had gotten drawings I still remember because he had them in the den he had the <laughs> like Sherry Flanagan and uh, uh, Spain and uh, Dan O'Neill. Uh, like did drawings of him, I guess, and uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, so like a lot of a lot of the current uh, uh, current uh, comics, like some of the, uh, the way that people are sort of more into like uh, you know heavy metal magazine and you know Epic Illustrated or stuff like that. Like that's that's to me those are the comics that my dad bought. Like they aren't really <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, he, I, I was sort of more like. Uh, I bought more of the DC stuff, and he was more into Marvel. I guess is a way to simplify it. But <laughs> we would we would go to uh, uh, Studio City. There was a comic shop on the second floor, and we go there together to get comics. And uh, I guess uh, the cartoonist, I think Scott Shaw, used to work there. Okay. Yeah. And I remember like reading reading later that he talking him talking about how he would like get stoned and read Sad Sack or something <laughs> there or something. And, but like I never, I never saw that part of it. I, I probably did buy Sad Sack there, but um, yeah. So there would just just be a big pile, and he'd get a big pile, and I'd get <laughs> get a pile or something. So. <laughs> That's a good. Uh, not many people have that kind of experience, that kind of shared comic connection in their family. Yeah, my my parents my parents are probably sometimes are more hip, hip than I am about certain things. Like you know. <laughs> They were they were in the Devo before I was and stuff. So uh. <laughs> they were on the ball, <laughs> right? So I mean, I was always interested in comics, and I drew drew them when I was a kid and everything. And I did. Uh, I used to get these uh, little you know pads of paper and draw these comics and staple them together and stuff. And uh, I, I did that for. <laughs> and I, I drew comics in high school. And then I sort of lost interest when I went to college and started doing more music and stuff, which my, my dad was a musician, so a lot of times there'd be all this, like, equipment around the house and, like, uh, you know, synthesizers and stuff, and I'd sort of te- taught myself how to play play, play them and everything, so. <laughs> what kind of music were you into playing? Like, what, like, New Wave? Or? Yeah, I was, in, I was in, I had a band in high school, and, like, uh, you know, we were sort of like 60s or mods, I guess, <laughs> or something. And but like, uh, I still remember that they like that it, we we did a cover of the U2 song "I Will Follow," and I was supposed to sing it, which is like, it's not a like if you just don't know where you are in that song because it's like the sections are so similar and stuff. And just I mean, past the absurdity of me singing it, but but uh, yeah, so I was into kind of you know new wave music, I guess. And, <laughs> was uh, singing a regular thing, in, or was that just the one occasion? Oh no! Well, then you know, I sang on the records that I did and stuff. Oh, too. okay. So, uh, yeah, eventually, like I, I was writing songs. It was more like everything was more centered around me writing songs, and it was like 
I was more like a performer or a producer or anything. It was kind of like I just write <laughs> write stuff, and then I sort of ended up, you know, I'd, I'd set, set these assignments for myself, and I'd get up at 3 in the morning and write songs, and I, I would, uh, <laughs> that's how I ended up uh, doing the first, well, then I, I sort of put together a band to play the songs live, and we played live for a while, And but it was kind of weird because it wasn't really a band. It was just sort of like me writing the parts and people playing it. That's still a band. It's just yeah, a band with know. limited creative input. Right. Well, I mean, so that, in any way, I, I ended up sort of like doing just stuff like just to record it, like in a studio, thinking like, well, people can just learn the parts and then they can forget them and, they, you know, they don't have to like, you know, carry around equipment places and stuff. They just have to go there the one time and play it. So. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, is that Wally Gropius? Is that kind of... Of like your own experience, or um, you mean like the, the the dropouts and all that? And yeah. Well, I mean, I think it is true, like what they say about you create a character and it sort of like sort of takes a life of its own. I guess like some some things are like it's not really like a singular thing. Like oh, this is like you know, there's this, and then like the parallel is this. You know, but it, you know, definitely, you know, I well. My my dad was a musician and just grew up in the music industry, so there's always going to be weird music stuff in there. And I I like the Monkees a lot, so like they have like uh, the Dropouts have those same kind of red shirts that the Monkees have. <laughs> thing I guess. So. What what kind of music was your dad doing? Uh, he's had a job for like maybe thirty years. He plays piano for Neil Diamond. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I mean so. Uh, <laughs> That's before amazing. that, he was a session musician. He, he did lots of session work with lots, sort of lots of famous people and stuff. And then he sort of landed this job being, you know, playing uh, playing with Neil Diamond. And he, I guess, he's in the jazz singer movie, the remake. And uh, you know, uh, I, I, w- I went on tour with him a few times. And uh, I mean, tag along. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's like a weird celebrity thing, but it's not something that's it's sort of like more impressive to someone who's maybe a little older sometimes. So I'm not very old. <laughs> well, no, I mean like friends are like friends of my my, my friends' parents were, were always more impressed by that than my friends were, you know, yeah. in high school, of course. So yeah. it, it, so creativity's very pronounced in your family. Oh. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, my dad's a musician, and my mom she sing she's a sing singer, and you know I don't know housewife I guess, but she's you know she sings in uh, in in uh, church choir. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I was reading you took art like you went to art school or you did partly art school. Oh, no, no, I never went to art school. I went okay. to uh, Cal State Northridge, which is, like, pretty, like, the closest, one of the closest and cheapest schools <laughs> to go to <laughs> from my parents' house, I guess. And, <laughs> um, it was, uh, I started as an art major there, but um, I switched over to English. I guess I felt like, uh, I only took a few art classes. There was one, you know, like, uh, there was a lettering class I took, like, a few, a few of them. I think, like, I drew the letter J. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for for a couple of days, but um, and then a f- little bit of figure drawing, but didn't learn anything applicable to cartooning. Uh, 
and then yeah, I switched over to English, and English was was better because it was uh, it was more like <laughs> instead of it being a textbook, it was something that was a little more open ended, and you could just read it, and you know. Mm-hmm. So, and and you just finished school, from what I remember you saying in your your email, yes, sir. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm done school. The the painful uh, monkey is off my back, thankfully. And 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 you're a, a history major, is that right? Or? I am indeed. That's some careful listening there, Tim. Right, right. So, is it a particular area of history? Is it like the history of comics, or? Um, <laughs> no, because unfortunately there isn't any. Uh, it's a pretty conservative university. Uh, my history is kind of. I was really specific and wanted to take like a wide spread different focus of courses. So I do like classical history, like ancient Rome and ancient Greece. And then I do a course say in um, Vietnam, like post-colonial history, like after French invasion, um, just like really, really diverse modern middle Eastern history. But somehow was all quite often I was able to include, do a paper about comics so like about I'm, Vietnamese comics, you mean? Or not, or? not in that that course. I wasn't able to, but like say the, uh, uh, I did a modern Middle East or which one? Oh, it was a uh, political science course on um, political ideologies, and I did a paper about libertarianism and using uh, Chester Brown's Louis Riel. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the politics be... in that. <laughs> That'd be a good one because that, that, there is actual history in that. I mean, yeah. Like, uh, like not, not comics. Well, well yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he's. I don't know if you know about Chester's politics, um, but he's verging into Steve Ditko territory. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I, I thought I read something on the internet that he ran for office or he was going to. Or it, yeah, or? he's he's he's. I I shouldn't say Steve Ditko territory, but he's very very staunch libertarian. Uh huh. Uh, so, you know, he ran as a libertarian, and there are other cartoons libertarians. Pete Begg's also a libertarian. It's oh, okay, yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I, I guess I sort of knew that. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's oddities. But enough about me. I don't want to talk. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> turning the tables or something. Yeah, <laughs> look at this, you <laughs> Hensley. Well, no, I just remember you saying that about you know so. Uh, no, it's good. I, I like. It's not often people ask me questions. It's it's interesting <laughs> that the tables have turned. Well, we meet again. Tim. <laughs> um, I I kind of feel like looking at your comics, that it's like the the art's very perfect. Like, and I almost feel like it probably doesn't come easy for you. Like, I feel like you you need and this is just my own reading of looking at the work that there's like a need to kind of how you have a specific vision in mind well I mean I don't know that uh, it sure doesn't feel perfect when I look at it I guess, <laughs> but, you know uh, um, I, I'm definitely trying to, to do something that's like uh, you know more uh, I guess people say it's like kind of retro that it's like more of like an old fashioned style I guess where you know, yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I guess sometimes I feel like I'm trying to to get back at like comics that I read when I was younger, and not and like to me, there's like a sense of accomplishment if I can feel like that I can draw like that and yet like do something different than that. I guess uh, so. Um, 
that's what I'm trying to do, but uh, yeah, it's a struggle, unfortunately. It's not like, it's a different kind of thing than, than someone who's more like, uh, can work like in a faster, sketchier style or something that's that's more off-the-cuff feeling where you're really getting, uh, you know, something that feels more immediately personal or something. You sort of have to look <laughs> look at it more to, to try to find something in it, maybe. So. so you wouldn't say this is like a natural style for you? Like a what style? Like you wouldn't say this is a natural style for, no, for you? No, I mean, it's not really the way that I naturally draw. Sometimes it's like I have to, you know, look up things or look up drawings, uh, you know, uh, uh, if there's something I need to, uh, like a Google image search <laughs> or something. <laughs> or like when I, like in, in the Wally book, like in, uh, in Jillian's room, there's like a bunch of, uh, you know, posters of, of uh, a lot of teenage uh rooms you'll see posters of celebrities and stuff so I would have to like try to figure out okay who are the celebrities and then I have to find pictures of them and then I have to figure out how do I make a caricature of them and so it wasn't like I just like just draw somebody off the top of my head and just drew anything in the poster it would just be like I have to figure out okay what what is, what is it <laughs> you know so and the hits just keep on coming CKLW the Motor City. Sunshine smiling on you, you and your man, and your music keep the clouds away. With W E E I F M 103. Baby, yellow top banana, it really has a feel.
on CITR 101.9 FM. Uh, that was yet another musical interlude uh, provided uh, to us by our guest today, Tim Hensley. His book is Wally Gropius, The Umpteen Millionaire. Uh, we were talking a little bit, I think, about uh, the art uh, Google image search, I think, was our topic at hand. Oh, yeah, you were, you were asking uh, about my art style or something? or A little bit. Well, one thing I'm curious about do you have go-to cartoonists, go-to comic books that you kind of, while you're working on things, it's like someone that you kind of, you, you jump to just to kind of get you going? I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely just uh, just interested in whatever's going on in, in comics. Uh, you know, <laughs> I guess that's not very specific. I, you know, fortunately, it's a... Uh, I work at this, uh, you know, internet company, and it seems like I spend too much time on the internet these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, I see see comics on there, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Reading a lot of web comics. Um, I don't know. Not not in the sense of like somebody who's a web cartoonist. I'm really not not aware of any of that really, except uh, I don't know, maybe Kate Kate Beaton, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Good old Kate. A good yeah, that's that's really funny. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. She's a Canadian done right. That's yeah, a... I guess I didn't think of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I follow that, yeah. Uh, geez, uh. Well, I was, the reason okay. I was asking was just, I'm just curious, um, because, like, you're, you know, you're very much emulating an era of a certain style, um, and I was wondering if, like, you had specific go-to guys while working on that style. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, when I was working on it, I was definitely, you know, I'd just go to a comic book store and buy a little Archie comics or, <laughs> you know, something like that. If I get stuck, I'd just open one of those comics and look at it, so, you know, so it's, you know, I guess it took me, you know, five years to draw it, and definitely, like, five years of trying to look at that and see see whatever I could see. <laughs> you know? Some uh, Harry Lucy and uh, Dan DiCarlo? Uh, yeah, and, and Sam, Sam Schwartz, I like a lot, too. Um, I don't really know a lot of them by name, though. I mean, I mean, I know the, the styles of the different people, and I definitely read the comics a lot when I was a kid, but I don't, don't really, like, read them for fun now, unfortunately, <laughs> I guess. I, I, I mean, it was more like, uh, it's kind of like when I was adapting uh, the Velvet Glove thing into music, it was like I would look at, uh, uh, you know, I'd open the, the comic and look at a panel of it and then sort of, like, write a song based on that. It's kind of similar to looking at the, uh, the teenager comics, <laughs> you know. It was more like, uh, what, what I, like I said, what I would be, not necessarily, like, what the story was about or copying copying that aspect of it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, within Wally Gropius, I mean, the, the, the name is pretty specific, um, by read it's not you're not super into the Bajos work, but Walla Legropius was the founder of Bajos. Oh yeah, well, well, um, I guess the the running joke in it is that the character is continually being mistaken for for Walter Gropius. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's the founder of the, the Bajos movement. And so I yeah, I would just uh, that would be another something I had to look up right after to find out yeah. information about it, so all the characters could. Could say like, oh, you're the person who you know who uh, you know was in the work had the work bund exhibition in nineteen whatever nineteen fourteen. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then he, you know, he, he'd say, no, no, that's you know. So. Do you have yeah. a particular interest in um, non-comic art? Is there stuff that excites you? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess uh, like a lot of the disabled uh, art centers, like this uh, one in uh, San Francisco called Creativity Explored. It's a really good one, and they're, I think they're just about to have a show that's called I think it's called like Art in Sequence, which actually sounds like it's probably going to be something of a comics exhibit, because it's mm-hmm. sort of like drawings uh, in sequence that tell a story, or, or you know, are, are related to each other images, I guess. So. What, what is it that attracts you to that specific stuff? Is oh, it just uh, the well, like, primal know, creativity that folks have? in that uh, or I, I have a disabled sister and, and sort of like uh, subject matter is like uh, interesting to me like uh, yeah I just uh, sort of came across the place one time when I was on vacation in San Francisco and discovered there are lots of different places like that that are kind of like a day program for people who are disabled where they can go to uh, you know do drawings and stuff and then they have an art gallery in the front that sells <laughs> sells the art that they have on their their website or whatever and I just find the art really interesting to me, yeah, because it's, uh, it's sort of like unmediated, but it's also like kind of like has this sort of like uh, sort of like paralyzed quality. <laughs> well, the, I I guess it's kind of like a level of pretentious pretensions are move, removed from it, right? Oh um, 
Yeah, because a lot of times it's like the you know uh, another thing you can do like when you visit the uh, the, the space there is they can let you, they let you go back in the workshop and and you can like interact with the artists and stuff. And I remember there was this one guy who had like I think he had like uh, four or five uh, wristwatches on his uh, on his uh, forearm, and he was drawing. Of course, <laughs> he was drawing watches, but but like uh, I all I had was the uh, cell phone, which I don't normally carry, but it, it had the time on it, so I showed it to him. You know, I said, like, look, here's the time on the cell phone. He just looked at me and nodded his head like, no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, well, there's something... So he, was, he was right, yeah. So. <laughs> there was something I really took from um, the Daniel Johnson and just, like, and, and it, just a, a little bit of similarities, but um, kind of dealing with different things where, I mean, it's such a personal work, you know, like it's, there's no, um, I guess, uh, translating, like it's just, this is it, and here it is. I yeah, no, I mean, I definitely enjoy that quality. It's not something that really comes naturally to me, unfortunately, but I, I do like totally envy that uh, ability to, uh, you know, it's just sort of like, uh, uh, not really affected, <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, unmediated is probably the best way to, to put it, but uh, maybe, maybe it isn't, <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's the artwork that, it, you know, like, uh, on a comic art, I think, like, uh, I tend to react to, you know, uh, stuff that's more like, uh, it's like, uh, sanctioned as being art sometimes, you know, like I sort of react against that because I just more fun to have something that people aren't really sure whether it, it's actually real or not. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so. Do you do any sketchbook process? Oh, uh, well, I mean, when I first moved out of my parents' house and I was working, uh, this job I had for like 10 years, like I worked in a cubicle and I used to draw my sketchbook there. Um, now, now that I like actually drawing comics, like when I finish work, it's more like uh, I don't really have time to <laughs> to draw that way so much. It's more like I do a sketch to solve solve a problem that I have with something I need to do in the comic. You know, if I'm drawing a panel and and uh, I'm not sure of a particular uh, expression or posture, like I was saying or with like you know, having to caricature somebody I might need to like do sketches to sort of arrive at it because you have to figure out what to exaggerate or not so. <laughs> I'm just curious because yeah I mean it's there's a lot of work going into your work and I'm just like wondering um, maybe like the process of the big picture something I'm curious about I'm saying curious well too yeah I mean it was more like I coming at it more from words than pictures most of the time so like when I the main thing to to get to the story was to to write it or just like write down a bunch of stuff, and then I w- during that time I would go to the library after work and just write, and then eventually I had something I considered <laughs> considered a story and and you know finished it, and then it was a matter of drawing it, and then like I said, it was more like uh, you know I did have to do a little sketches to try to figure out what the characters look like a bit, but. Um, it was more like like problem solving sketching than than like the person who keeps a sketchbook and does a sketch you know like a fancy sketch of a, you know a, a vase or, you know or something. It, 
or you know something that you some sort of like finished drawing that you feel like you could publish later is not really what I'm you know what I would keep a sketchbook for I guess so. What was your uh, when you started working on uh, Mr. Gropius? What was your intention with it? Did you see this kind of bigger picture, or was it kind of just working on part by part? Well, I mean, I had, I had it written out in advance, so like I knew that you know certain panels were sort of important to, to get across certain information. Like when I was drawing this one panel, it has the first time the check appears, like and he's signing it. But I, I knew like I have to really make sure that that's you know, conveys that you can see that it says IRS and then he's signing it, you know, because eventually it's, it's changed into Mrs., I guess. So, like, a, that was like an important one, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely even reading some bad reviews of my book and stuff where one of them was saying, like, it was just to demonstrate how, how clever I am or something. And I just think, like, I was just thinking back over the five years I spent working on that book and just saying, you know, like, I don't, you know, <laughs> that's a lot, but to keep that in your head for five years, like, you're going to, like, board something over somebody, it's just, I don't think it really works that way, but <laughs> I don't know. There's one thing uh, someone said that it was, like, they said it's their favorite book of the year, um, but it's, like, a favorite among cartoonists, which I think well, is an I mean, interesting I, I thing. I've seen gotten some good, good, you know, the good reviews seem like they're pretty, really good, or they seem like, you know, really well-written, and then... Some of them are kind of mixed, and some of them are just really bad. And I guess I can't really complain. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really, I don't, see, I haven't got any ones that are really, really terrible. I, I, I would say. I mean, some of the ones that are bad also seem to say like there is something there, but not really. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. You know what? Who cares about those people? The haters. Well, they don't really give you any way to, to you know, figure out how. You have to figure out your own way through that stuff. And I thought, like, well, should I not look at that stuff, or should I? And I, I wasn't sure what to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I'm curious about your uh, your Kramer strip. Um, I'd read it, and then I just saw recently that it was based on these letter this letter you found, the right, Kramer yeah. Seven. Yeah, yeah, that was the um, the, the guitar player in, in uh, some of the recordings I made. Uh, this guy named George Woods, like his uh, he was the uh, ex girlfriend, used to work in this uh, bank building downtown. And some guy came up to her and I think gave gave her the about the track, I guess. And I ended up getting a Xerox of it, and I had it for you know I don't know a decade or more or something. But I always come back to it and read it, and and yeah. It, uh, when I was asked to do this trip, I, I, uh, I was a little, like, intimidated by, like, oh, I'm going to be in Kramer's, and it's like, you know, everything in that book has to be really good, so it's sort of easier not to write it, you know. So is uh, it all the words taking, taken from the letter, and you just created a, a story? Well, I had to, to edit it? it sort of and to make it, uh, you know, sort of do stuff to try to make it into a comic, because sometimes, like, when you have, like, something that's a narration like that, you can get into the trap of having the... Uh, you know, bunch of bunch of words on the top in a in a in a you know a panel, you know, and then then a picture underneath. It's pretty much what you're saying on the top or something. So I wanted to make sure I didn't really do that, and mm-hmm. tried to put some dialogue, uh, make some of it in the dialogue, and I cut out a bunch of it and rearranged it and stuff and made it. Tried to make it make sense to, at least to me. So <laughs> that's something I find really fascinating about your work is like, I feel like as far as dialogue and 
language goes within it, you really, you're very specific about the dialogue that's in there. Like, there's no monkeying around and just having, just being a messed up. Like, each thing is very specific. And, um, I don't even know the question I'm coming to. Maybe tell me about the specificity of the dialogue within, um, Wally, well, I mean, especially. Oh, well, I mean, I definitely would rewrite it a bit. I mean, some things came out pretty. I think the best bit of dialogue in it is is the is the the one in uh, uh, where they're uh, when uh, Wally first meets Jillian and she's talking about the national anthems and the back and forth between them about that. And that's probably something where I, when I wrote that, I thought like that that's that's pretty funny and that's that's well written, you know. <laughs> uh, some of the other stuff, it's like, uh, you know, I guess, yeah, you're going to get into stuff where people say it's, like, clever for its own sake or something, or it's not uh, it's not naturalistic or, you know, it, it, it or it doesn't make any sense or whatever, but it, it's, not a, it's not like a random thing. It's something I, I definitely go over a lot, and sometimes maybe it loses something because I do that, and sometimes it gains something. I don't know. It almost has, like, a jazzy rhythm to it sometimes. Well, the the rhythm of the, of the words is is important to me, I guess. Uh, one thing I think uh, I noticed that I'm tending to do is not put so many uh, uh, balloons in a panel. I'm sort of wondering whether I ought to do more of that to get more of a. Sometimes I feel like I'm I'm always doing like one panel, one one balloon, one panel, one balloon. <laughs> so, uh, maybe that's something I won't do so much in the future. Probably, probably actually, probably will do that because I'm sort of a loner. So. What do you um, what do you use for your uh, for your drawing? What's your pen? What's your brush? Oh, um, yeah, I tend to use a lot of tools to to, to put the whole thing together. Uh, you know, I rule the, the panel borders with a pictograph, and I do the lettering with a, a dip pen. I think it's like a crow quill. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been using this other pen that's a little thicker, and I think it works better. And I use a, uh, a Raphael number four brush, um, and uh, and also yeah, crow quill with a ruler to do most of the uh, background stuff, and uh, rapidographs uh, different thicknesses to get the, and then the ellipses uh, or, or templates to get the the uh, curves of things, I guess. Just get so people can know the other artists. Be curious. What do you want to? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What do you want to do next with your comics? What do I want to do next? Um, I keep thinking. The thing I've been thinking about the last like maybe month or two is like I'd like to do a bunt. (laughs) You know, I'd like to just like do something that you know not maybe not quite as ambitious or something. Even though I'm sure. Maybe other people don't think it's so ambitious because there's not much to it, but um, it uh, was definitely a real uh, struggle to, to do this book. I, I uh, sometimes I feel like like there's like a you know almost a karma about doing something something about somebody who's rich that I just sort of ended up as as poor as I have ever <laughs> been. But uh, uh, you know it, it's uh, yeah I think I'm just going to continue to do right now. I'm just doing these little short strips, like four panel strips, and I. Uh, I'm sort of wondering whether I'm going to 
even trying to tell a story with them, I'm just thinking, you know, maybe I should just do a book that's just a book of stuff. <laughs> I mean, these are the um, the Alfred Hitchcock strips. Uh, yeah, I've been doing some of those. Yeah, worked on some of that this morning, I guess. So, um, what what what's attracting you to the to the four strips other than just not being as ambitious? Um. It fits into my time better, uh, you know. Like before, there's a period before where I was, I was unemployed for quite a while, and and uh, I have more time now. I'm, I'm working as a temp, uh, and I guess my contract's going to come to expire about towards the end of the year here. But uh, I'm finding I have not not as much time to work my comics as I used to, <laughs> and so it's sort of like I feel more of a sense of accomplishment, you know, to finish something at four panels than. And like when I was working on Wally stuff sometimes, I think the longest stories in there are six pages. And that's a real like seems like like when you get into a long thing you sort of have to trick yourself because your your mind starts to deceive you <laughs> about <laughs> what's going on. Like it's just something about the process of working on it. It doesn't uh it just yeah, it seems to uh start start to try to talk you out of it or make you think like it's not really working and sometimes it is you know and it really and you don't know yeah. <laughs> you just have to keep going so time to ignore that voice the defeatist voice um well <laughs> thanks for uh chatting with me today tim oh okay yeah thanks you're on time up to the minute watch time to be sure it's 1204 Another million dollar weekend Cause every other record played is solid gold You'll find the fun Radiates around W-I-T-H Tiger Radio Serving the universe With all hits, KDK
Russian radio has musical vignettes. Stereo 95 WOCN. You got a daytime friend to kind of spend some time with. A music friend to kind of fill your mind with. Good music all day long. On WLBQ. 